Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Good. Thank you. Well, this is our final week and I've got seven minutes left, but that's fine because you guys like to go a little longer. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, One day I will stick to time, I promise. Can't promise that. Um, But we're going to finish in this series um, on the helper. And I want to talk about being in step with him. And so we're going to look at this. uh, Really, one of the the final shifts in, in terms, if you look at chunks of scripture and particularly letters there's almost certain thrusts and and ideas that are presented and they're often open with a statement and and what most theologians and scholars do is they spend hours debating and discussing about where one phrase ends and when a new idea begins and 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 this is kind of one of those verses that launches this final emphasis of of really not he's kind of paul has set out in the book of galatians that, that we are people of the Spirit. And he, he's saying, guys, what you've received in Christ is not because you're following the works of the law. And, and they weren't trying to, by the way, just follow the works of the law to just kind of earn something. They were just faithfully trying to work out how do we be God's people. And Paul said, and he said, there's this guy, Jesus, you put your faith in him and, and that's it. Awesome. What an amazing good news. That's great gospel. And then these other guys have come and they've said, Paul said this, but actually we've now realized it's really hard to work and live for God. What else should we do? And they said, oh, it's because you're not circumcised yet or you're not following the law yet. And so these are the other things. And then Paul finds out now it's a mess because everyone's just trying to work out how to be God's people. And so he's, no, no, guys, you started in the spirit. Just go back to that. Because when you're in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, you by default will fulfill all the things you need to do. And sometimes you think you need to be better than you actually are. Some of you are way too hard on yourself. Some of us are way too hard on ourselves. And, and, And we think that God has this level of perfection that we need to measure up to and then... Then I'll make it. Well, good luck with that. But my experience has told me that it is only but the grace of God that I can resit and receive and then day by day slowly allow the Spirit to transform this hard heart into something mushy and malleable that finally says no to me and yes to Him on a more regular basis. That's the goal. But, but we are so religious at times. How do we be something? How do I become this? Well, we're moving towards something. Absolutely. We want to be a church that reflects God and the holiness and purity of God. Absolutely. But how that comes is a work of the Spirit in our lives and us responding to that work. And so Paul brings them back. And then he finally now thrusts this new final thought on what it looks like. And, and how we do this. And so we're going we're gonna to finish this series on, on the helper and how we be in step with him. As we walk with him. Sound good? Sound good. And then next week in our scattered services, we're going to actually launch a new series called Seen and Known. And we're going to look at Matthew 5, particularly 13 to 16, that we would be a city on the hill. That we would be salt and light that we would be a church that is seen and known to be something in our community 
that reflects the love, grace, and compassion of Jesus Christ, that reflects the good news that we have all come to receive. And so what we would normally uh, do this around or, or call this is vision builders. And so we're coming around a time where we would faithfully come together and pledge an amount in our finances to be able to, to contribute towards uh, the reduction of debt in this building and also our ability to use this land in a way that is impacting the community more and more. And eventually in the, in the coming years, I can see us having more and more vision than we'll ever have resource for. And that's okay. That's the church. But I want to thank you in advance for all of you, your years and years of faithful sacrifice towards this. And I'm so excited as we lean in and do this together again. And I just want to set, put it out that we're going to talk more and more about this in the coming weeks. But what we love and believe for is not about equal giving. But that we all at some level would be engaged in, in, in a sense of sacrifice. And sometimes I think we have to be really careful and clear that just because you think your amount is small, that somehow it is any less significant. It's not true. It is about a heart engaged in the work of this church, combining together, unifying together to see the vision of this church outworked. So that we would be a church that is seen and known in this city, in this community, to be a place of love, of hope, of peace, of faith. Sound good? So we're going to expand out and, and, and really look into that, what that means for us to be a church that is seen and known. Amen? Okay, but back to business. And I have one minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> Galatians 5, 25 to 26 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. So I love, I love the, the, the way Paul constructs this, is, is, is when, if you were to study Greek with me, we would sit down and we would look at some of these words and we would realize that this is actually what is called a conditional clause. He's using a particular uh, adverb, and, and, and it's a very small word, it's eh, but it means if. Now some translations will say since, and that's totally fine, but, but really the emphasis that Paul is trying to say is there's, this is a conditional clause, there's an if involved. If we are filled or living or walking with the Spirit, may we also then be in step. And the word there is, is interesting as well. It's, it can mean follow, but, but often in, in other Greek, if you were to kind of go broadly and look at some of the ancient literature, it was often used as a military term. Anyone military or ex-military? Some of you can't tell me. Yes? And so you know what it is to walk in step, to actually follow your commander. And it doesn't matter what he says, we're following in step. And so there's this, effort, uh, this uh, sorry, emphasis then that Paul is going. He's almost going, if you walk by the Spirit, then walk by the Spirit. If you say, I'm walking with the Spirit, then go ahead, walk with the Spirit. Be in step with the Spirit. I love uh, Eugene Peterson, he, he, he puts it like this, Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our hearts or a sentiment, sorry, in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our life. He's kind of expanded that a little bit. 
And so this is Paul is, is taking this theological pre- premise and bringing it into reality. Praise God. Because one of my gifts or strengths is I love ideation. Any ideators out there, anyone who's like, imagine the idea. Highly impractical. No real kind of, but it's cool to think about, isn't it? And what Paul's going is we've got all these lovely, lofty theological premises of, yes, let us be filled with the Spirit. Well, what does that even mean? So let's bring it into reality right now. And he brings it into reality going, hey, is your life in step with him then? In other words, can I see the result of the Spirit in your life, active and alive? If you're living by the flesh, the fruit of that will look like this or the works of the flesh. But the result of the Spirit in your life should look like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And so my question here for us today, in my day-to-day, are my thoughts, words, and actions in step with the leading of the Holy Spirit? Now, this is not rhetorical, but I also don't want you to have to yell it out. But just think about that. In my day-to-day, my everyday, are my thoughts, words, actions in step with the leading of the Holy Spirit? And if you're a bit nervous to go there in yourself... I'll be vulnerable for you and say, sometimes for me, I can 100% say no. (laughs) Welcome to the Christian walk. But Paul isn't doing this as a way of bringing judgment. He's not here to just go, see you idiots. He's already done that. He said, you foolish Galatians. Now he's a little kinder. He's not, this is not about judgment. This is about us often and like on a reasonably regular basis, just going, hang on. If I say I'm filled with the Spirit, like we're Pentecost Sunday, right? Let's get filled with the Spirit. Amen. But then what's the result of that? Is it evident in my life? And if it's not, that's okay. Because again, you can't earn your salvation. You can't earn your introduction into the people of God. But hey, let's keep working on it, huh? Let's keep moving in this. And so then my next question is, is there an area of my life, whether it be family, work, school, finances, or any area, that would be more at peace... If I was to follow the leading of the Spirit, do you have that area in your life where it's like, you know, and it's almost like, I think I once talked about it here, where, you know, as a kid, like, mum and dad had to be reasonably uh, directive for me because I was a bit cheeky. And so, like, when the hot plate was on, like, no, no, you don't touch the hot plate. But then in your mind, you're like, what would it be like to touch the hot plate? Like, you know, we all have those areas where we know, right? We know. If I just didn't do that or say that or respond like that or react like that, I have a lot more peace in my life. Well, that, that's what the Spirit wants to do. He wants us to be in step with Him. So, so my daughter plays netball and she's um, awesome and she's loving it. Where is she? she? She left. She's had enough. Oh, there you are. Hey, baby. Um, and so, but, but right next to her, there were these kids playing AFL. And it's like, like chaos on legs. It was just like this, it wasn't individuals spread out, it was just a mass of bodies following this ball, just reacting, 
just following the impulse. Get the ball, get the ball, get the ball. It's like when you watch a dog, it just, it just chases after the car. It doesn't, doesn't think, it's just doing, it's just doing. Now, when they're kids, it's cute, right? It's, it's kind of cute. When they're 25-year-old men, it's a bit weird. Get organized, guys. Get some follow. What, what, are, you, what are you following? What, where's your structure? What, what's going on here? And, and, and in life, we can see this time and time again, all of humanity just constantly reacting to the impulse of the desires of the flesh, just responding out of anger and like for light and eye for eye and all this sort of stuff just going on. And it'd be nice. And it's even more scary when it's the church, right? But, but it'd be really nice if we somehow were following in the step of the Holy Spirit and we had this rhythm and pattern to our life that was just progressively moving us into places of freedom, reflecting the freedom that God offers us all. That's, that's the mission of the church, and it's really, really vital to our calling as the church. Super vital. There's a rhythm. There's a way of life. It's called following God. It's called walking with Him. It's called being in step all the way back in Genesis, we see this, this whole rhythm at play where God wanted to walk with us, to be in step, to lead us. So our walk with God is one of call and response. Sometimes we, we can get this kind of a bit skewy in church life. We can talk about, you've got to do the right thing, there's an ethical space, there's a morality to Christianity, you need to do this, do this, do this, and if you've had too much of that, you can respond kind of knee-jerk, and suddenly we swing the pendulum, and we're over here, and we call it greasy grace. I don't even know if there's such a thing as called greasy grace, but apparently there is, and it's kind of like anything goes, and you know, it's all good, and well, no, actually, you'll get messed up in that space. But when we respond to the grace of God and realize there's a way of life that leads to freedom, and we respond to the call. So that actually there's a call and then there's a response that we step with Him. So what begins in love and grace, we in turn respond with faith and obedience. And this becomes the all-unforced rhythm of grace. This is the pattern of living that leads to freedom. In that He freely gives and we only experience when we surrender and receive and follow. So if we have a life by the Spirit, and, and this is what it means, right? If you are, to, when he talks about living by the Spirit, it's not just like an existential kind of thing, like there's the good life and the bad life. What he's saying is the only way for you to live, the only life is Christ. That's it. He's not saying an option or a way to live. It is life. So we know this as believers, that, that we are in Christ and the only life, the true life is only found in our connection to God. Well, then the only way for us to outwork that is to be in the Spirit, to live by the Spirit and to walk that out and to live for Him. So if we live by the Spirit, let us be in step with Him. So is the way of my life giving evidence that I'm following in step with the Holy Spirit? Or am I in step with something else? And again, this spiritual life is so vital to our calling as the church. And so this is why Pentecost is so important. 
Like, I think we have to remember, like, we, we come across Easter and Christmas and we celebrate these days, these moments, resurrection and his birth. Pentecost is equally important. It's so important. But it's not a monument. It's not something you look back. You go, that was nice the day the Spirit came and filled the church. No, it's a daily thing that we, rep- we, we reflect on, yes, and we remember and we honor in this day. But we remember that this is a daily exercise. This is something God wants alive in our life. And in fact, even the way that it took shape kind of helps us guide how it looks. Are you ready? So in Acts, Jesus comes to the disciples just before he's about to ascend. And he says, well, this is in Acts 1, 4 to 6. While he was together with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Everyone say wait. Wait for the Father's promise, the Spirit. This, he said, is what you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized. Everyone say baptized. 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 Say wait. Say baptized. Good, you're following. This is good. I'm nine minutes and 45 seconds over, just if you're counting. But I won't be too much longer, I promise. Say wait. Baptized. Baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? He said to them, shush, it's not up for you to know the times or periods that the Father has sent to by his own Spirit, but you will receive. Say receive. Say wait. Say baptized. Say receive. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be. Say be. Say wait. Baptized. Receive. Be. Say wait. Baptized. Receive, be, say receive, say be, say wait, say baptize. Very good. All right. Be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. You won't witness. You'll be my witnesses. This is a verb of being. It's really important. If it wasn't a verb of being, it would use a different word and it would say you will go and witness. As in witness is the activity, the verb that you will go and do. He doesn't. He says, you will become, future tense, you will become my witness. What God wants his church is to be something, not to do something. You are not a human doing. You're a human being. He wants you to be the witness. Your life is meant to look like him. The church is not the kingdom of heaven. It's a signpost to it. Sometimes it looks really clear, other times not so clear. And our goal as the church is to day by day be surrendered to the spirit, walking by him and slowly but surely become clearer and clearer that we are the witness of him. We are becoming something. Say wait. Every day of your life. Wait. Man, I wish I waited more. I wish I waited before I said that. I still can remember meetings I've been in. Very rarely, where someone will push an insecurity in my life. You know that button? They say something, and if I just waited before I reacted... And I responded rather than reacting. Man, months, maybe even the years of healing to a relationship. Wait. Just go ahead. A couple times a day, five, ten minutes. Wait. Holy Spirit. Say wait. 
you will be baptized, immersed. In, in Ephesians 5, he says, do not be filled with wine or drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Meaning, what he's saying is not just a specific, like, don't drunk, be get drunk. Like, it's kind of that, but it's not. He's, he's saying, don't be filled with this earth and just do what everyone does, which is react. Like the kids on the AFL field, just responding to impulses all over the place. Rather be measured, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that filling, then everything else, including submission, by the way, everything else will flow out of that filling. But you have to be immersed. And so the scripture says, and you may be, be filled. And there's a few translations out there. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. And they both work. But my favorite, not many do it, is be filled in the Spirit. Because when you are immersed, like a vase, if you get an empty vase and then you've got a big pool and you put that vase into the pool, eventually it will just get absolutely full, whatever is out. The eventually, I don't know what the physics of it is, but the air kind of around it will suddenly you go in and you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Is everyone following me or am I just kind of up here in my imagination and, and having fun? You know, you get an empty vase, you put it down and you push it down and eventually it goes bloop and this water just goes and fills that void. And then it's full by the Spirit, but it's in it. It's not just this little trickle drip. It's absolutely immersed. The Christian life is meant to be immersive. We are baptized, not sprinkled. Fully baptized in the Spirit. Be immersed in. In the Spirit. Say receive. And so we receive. Wait. You'll be baptized and you will receive power sometimes we're like yes the church has power so let's get on our podium and yell and be powerful and grow and take over the world because we've got gifts baby gifts from the spirit and we forget the most powerful one love love otherwise we're just a gong a clashing symbol, just screaming more rhetoric of what people need to do rather than responding in love. Because before we receive power, that's awesome, but that's on the understanding that we've actually received direction. So there's a way in which we outwork the calling of God. And it's the way of love. Say wait. Say immerse. Say receive. Say be. Be his people. So as we respond to this life in him, and we step with him, we become his people, purely reflecting. And so for the Galatians, he said, when you're not doing that, what you're doing is reacting. So the very verse, he says, what's it look like? Well, you'll become conceited. That means, literally, it means um, glorifying in emptiness. Puffed up. Proud. No, no, no. We're following the way of God. It's the, it's the Jewish way. We've been doing it forever. The Gentiles, no, no, no. We found the way of God. And the very thing they were called to be, one people, under unity in Christ, the great irony of this, they're doing something they think is religious. It's tearing it apart. 
we can do a lot of activity as the church and it looks good, looks holy. But have we heard and are we following the Spirit? Are we walking by Him? Because if not, it ends up with envying or provoking. So we have these de- denominational wars around the world, envying and provoking. And God doesn't want it. He wants us to be led by the Spirit. And so we're walking in step with Him. Not envying, not conceited, not puffed up, humble, loving, so that we can be His church. He wants us fully aware of the Spirit in our life, responding to His leadership. So am I responding or am I reacting? When I live a life that's walking in my own strength, following my own will, I'll react to my own frustrations, my limitations, my own busyness, my own stress levels, my need to achieve or be accepted, my need to be busy. Any people out there that can relate? But when I'm in step with the Spirit, I live a life of responding. And I respond with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We need him. We need his leading. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand here as we close? I'll get Brody to come and play. Holy Spirit, we need you. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.